Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 17 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today we're talking all about product packaging and design. And if you follow me on social media, you know that I am obsessed with product packaging. (laughs) I talk all about the importance it has on your brand, getting sales and getting customers to buy from you again and again. So on today's episode, we're talking with Lindsay Kwan of Look Design. Lindsay creates visuals that turn browsers into buyers for product-based businesses. So a little bit about Lindsay. After working in-house at ad agencies and corporations, she realized that there was one big difference between the big bands and small businesses. That big thing was visibility and consistency. And that's exactly what Lindsay provides with brand and packaging design, So business owners can stand out and own their space in the market. So this episode is full of so much juicy details. I cannot wait to dive in. So grab your coffee, grab your wine. This is going to be an amazing one. Hey, Lindsay. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yay. So if you want to just tell everyone a little bit about your business, what you do and anything else you want to share. Sure. Um, well, I help product businesses stand out and turn browsers into buyers offering branded packaging design. Um, I'm also passionate about helping small businesses and their ingenuity to create unique brands for e-commerce. So I definitely have a lot of experience with e-commerce. Um, I've done design firm, I've done agency, and I like to take all that experience working with bigger brands and apply that to small businesses so they can grow faster. That's amazing. And I'm really extra excited to have you here and talk to you because I, you know, as a former product business owner and someone who, number one, created a high-end business and two, is obsessed with packaging and spent a lot of time designing a specific design for my um, subscription box, I love packaging and I love the importance that it brings to a business. So I'm definitely super excited to kind of chat through with you because I don't think there's, I mean, at least I've never seen a lot of people that actually do what you're doing. So I think it's an amazing service and it's so valuable to have an actual product based, um, you know, uh, designer and branding and package designer for product businesses. So I love it. So I, I guess just to jump into just some quick questions um, before we start that, I kind of want to know just in terms of packaging, what made you get into that? So in terms for your business, what made you, decide to start helping people with their packaging. I know you do branding as well, but I'm definitely interested in the packaging part. So all throughout my career, I've been doing 
packaging for product businesses, as well as other design work. And in the last two years, I was thinking about how I would niche down and what I really am excited about. And packaging came up. I was like, wow, you know what? These are the people I want to help. I love the passion that small product businesses have rather than working with like New Balance where you're just making them millions of dollars every day and you don't really know the person behind it. When you work with small businesses, you really get to know the person and their passion and their unique ideas. And I really want to help them bring that to market. So with packaging, it's also a very specialized um, type of design. Uh, There are a lot of graphic designers out there that do packaging design. They don't focus specifically on packaging design. And I also noticed a lot of my clients were hiring me to help them uh, roll out their packaging designs like Perfect Bar and Green Flash Brewing Company. So I worked on tons of dye lines. And even though a lot of designers can do packaging design, the amount of um, dye lines really helps you become uh, really efficient and also really kind of forecast problems that might happen on press or even if you're doing DIY packaging, kind of how to execute the most efficient way and also within budget. And I think that's why I really started to um, just have this fire and excitement for product-based businesses. Oh, I love that. And I agree with everything you're saying. I, I do think there's not a lot of people that specifically design for product businesses. And there is a difference. I think you can be a graphic designer and I'm sure you can come up with a great design for, you know, an e-commerce label or a subscription box. But if you're actually working with someone who does just product businesses, you're going to get a better product because you can really, you know, you know what questions to ask them to really understand who they're trying to target and really create packaging that speaks to one customer. And that's something that I definitely learned uh, having my business. And I definitely want to share my packaging story um, at some point during our, our chat. But yeah, I love that you're helping people. I think there's it's such an it's such an important need because for product businesses, the packaging is a, a major factor in a consumer buying. A major factor, especially with online, because you 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 know you're looking at something online, you, you can't actually touch the product or smell it or or hold it. So it's all the visual part of the packaging. So it just makes such a difference. I agree 100%. Even people have asked me um, do you think that you would design differently if it was on the shelf in like a boutique versus online? And the answer is no. <laughs> you still need to grab their attention regardless. So you have that couple seconds to grab their attention with the outside. And it doesn't matter if it's in a store and online. And to be honest, most people that are in store are online, and if they're not, they should be. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, and just just curious, I guess a lot of people might be wondering, why does good packaging matter? And I know for me or you, this is kind of a strange question because of course we know why, but I think it's always good to to teach people or, you know, talk through why getting a good design package matters. So maybe you can walk through that a little bit. Sure. It's good packaging matters because it's that first time that you're actually have that you actually have the opportunity to deliver on your promise. So the first impression is going to be when they receive that box, whether at the store or they get it in the mail. So from the shipping box, how it comes to them, how they're able to open the shipping box that includes if you have any kind of wafer seal, which is like that yellow, not yellow, clear um, circle label that they have to like cut off to open the box. Um, any cute little quippy taglines you have on your box, it's the entire experience that you're going to leave them. And that's part of the brand as well, right? How you want your brand to be remembered to be remembered. So then from the opening of the box to the interior of the box, what materials you choose, 
and then the actual product, which is where you need to deliver. So before they open the box, they're going to look at it on sides. That's a great opportunity for you to continue to talk about your brand and what they're about to experience, even though you may only have two inches on each side, whatever the product is, that is your chance to remind them the promise that you're giving them by using their product and to really work on those sensory um, cues. And then there's the actual product itself, whether it be a bottle or whatever, opening it or a bow tie or a clip, scrunchie, whatever. And then there's the actual product itself, delivering on that promise. So it also needs to, um, you know, circle back to your brand. You know, if you are have brand colors in mind and then they get a box and it's pink and all your brand work is black and white, that might be a surprise, but is it a surprise in a good way or is it a little bit disjointed? So um, yeah, the product packaging is that is your first chance to make that impression and to deliver on the promise that you've been making them and that they're excited to actually see and experience. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I like how you pointed out the importance of that first impression, because I think, again, the biggest thing if for e-commerce or subscription businesses is you have to have something that makes your product stand out. There are so many subscription boxes, so many e-commerce brands, you know, selling the same thing. Everyone's copying each other. So how do you stand out online? How do you stand out on photos? How do you stand out on social media? And I think a huge factor is your packaging. So, and, you know, without even changing the products that you put inside or, or anything, I think one simple tactic that really does make you stand out is packaging. I agree hundred percent. So Lindsay, I'd love to hear your feedback on how packaging can really help enhance, especially standing out on social media for e-commerce businesses. Do you have any thoughts? I think that <laughs> this is an interesting question. I think that it's hard to stand out online if you are following a lot of other product businesses or other fashion industries or interiors and trying to go with trends. Um, I think that it's really important to find your particular style and brand so you can stand out. Um, you know, a box is a box is a box. So, you know, a lot of things are going to come in a box. So how do you stand out with that box? I think it's really, it's just like what Coca-Cola would do. Like they have their brand, they have their elements and they stick with them and they're consistent. It's um, finding how you're different and finding that style that makes you different and just letting it work for you instead of having shiny object syndrome or wanting to follow a trend like rainbows and blush and brown and rust. No, just... <laughs> Stay first of all, stay away from those. Everyone's using those. So if you're a coach, if you're a designer, like I've seen it everywhere, I don't want to see any more of it, to be honest. I want people to actually be unique. And I, you know, in one way, I understand people, um, you know, they want to look trendy, they want to look of the moment, they're trying to grab people in a certain demographic. But in the same respect, you are going to blend in with everyone. If you use those same colors, if you're using the same patterns, you're going to blend in with anyone and you're not going to stand out. So go ahead and, you know, put your flag on the ground and what your colors are and what you stand for and your benefits and run with them and just, stead, you know, keep the ship pointed forward and keep sailing it. Um, what else can I say about how to stand out? Um, it also has a lot to do, uh, not only visually, but with your messaging. If you have a sense of humor, people love humor, um, you'll be known for humor. So it's not just the way you look, um, strong copywriting or um, the way that you speak or the tone that you have within your packaging and on social media really helps you be memorable. I have an awesome example. Um, there's a toilet paper company. And I'm going to forget because I'm under the gun. 
but oh, it's called, I think it's called Who Gives a Crap? Yes, it's called Who Gives a Crap? Oh, I like that. Okay. I love humor. So I see ads for who gives a crap. And I was like, wow, okay. I'm just really interested because it's funny and it's memorable. And of course we had a toilet paper dilemma in 2020. So I actually bought this before the toilet paper dilemma, but the packaging was awesome. Each roll was individually packaged with recyclable paper, but on each roll, there was like a funny little something about going to the bathroom, which is potty humor, but they were humorous and they were clever. And I will never forget them. Was the toilet paper awesome? No, I'm back to like, you know, Charmin or Cottonelle or whatever it is, but they grabbed me with their humor and it was so memorable that I'll never forget who gives a crap between the name and their copywriting. So there's a lot of opportunity to have your benefits or to have a certain style of the way you talk that um, will help you be memorable as well as your colors. Um, If you have a unique box or even just showing the unboxing experience, people will have FOMO and they'll want to buy your product again and again because you're surprising them with what they're going to get in their box. So those are ways to stand out and um, yeah, just stop following trends altogether. That sounds horrible. Like trends are great. Like if you have um, fabrics and you want to have trendy patterns on fabrics because you're you know, that's part of your spring collection. Absolutely. But your brand itself and your general packaging, I think should, you know, hold your course with something that stands out and let it work for you. Can you, I love everything you said, and I want to come back to your example that you just talked about. I think that is, it is that example of gold because you, what you just said is exactly an example of amazing branding. When you can buy a product and then remember it maybe months or years later, because they did something special and unique, they that's a winning company right there. And I have an example for myself on that. But I just want to ask you, could you clarify, you were talking about certain trends that you feel like are really overused, and people maybe should stop using them. Can you just repeat what those were? I know that you said blush, but what was oh, it's a color, color palette specifically. Um, and there's some typefaces that are going around. I don't even know the names of them because there's a whole you know one person develops typeface, and then there's a bunch of other people that modify it a little bit and make it their own. But um, those like blush, like rust, brown, um, and some people are known for that style as a designer. And that's cool, because that's their style. Like they have a very um, bright kind of maybe Palm Springs color palette. And that's great. That's their personal brand. But when you're looking at trends and colors, like blush, brown, cream, um, we've seen that. Obviously, I've seen it. And I'm looking at it also from a design perspective, because I do design for my clients, and I want them to stand out. So those are colors that I don't use. Um, and uh, let's see. Yeah, that's the general color palette. And, you know, rainbows were around for a long time. Like everyone had rainbows on everything. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm also looking at it from a different perspective, but there are definitely some things, um, you know, watercolors have come in and out. I think watercolors are great um, backgrounds and things like that, but it really needs to make sense for your business. Like it was mm-hmm. really, remember when gold, like gold foil, everything. Yes was like in it's kind of like those things like those trends in the fashion industry and the interior industry um mm-hmm. they'll come and go but to build a brand and packaging that's going to last you need to pick something that you can own that's yours and so it's not going to be like oh i remember that product that they totally looked like 2005 because they have their gold foil or whatever it is so yeah. you definitely want to it, you know, it's hard to be unique because you are going to be influenced by Pinterest and what's going on over here and what's going on over there. And there's so many visuals that you're taking in all the time. So it's really hard, especially as a designer, to develop things that are unique and not be influenced by what you're seeing regularly. 
Um, another trend that's still going strong is like very like boho, boho illustrations, cactuses, sunbursts, and a very like thin, thin line weight. Um, and those are beautiful and they're great, but they're really overused. So it's kind of like, okay, time to get back to basics and really find, again, I call it your flag, like get your flag, put it in the ground and stick with it. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> It's good to know kind of what is being overused. And I always like to know the opportunities and, you know, what maybe some opportunities that people could do for the next few years that might stick around. But I think it's, I feel like I like your messaging on maybe not choosing trendy things. So your brand can actually, you can keep the same packaging and you can keep your same brand design for maybe at least a few years. But I loved your story about the toilet paper. And I just have to bring this up too, because I just posted this on my Instagram story, I think two days ago. So I'm a huge fan of Jenny's ice cream. And I've actually only ever had it in person. I've never bought one of their pints from a shop. And I also love their branding. I pretty much am a super fan of Jenny's ice cream. I just love all things, their branding, their colors. I think their social media is amazing. I love them. So I actually bought my first pint of ice cream from them two days ago. And again, I am a pa- like I love packaging. If you have great packaging and it's expensive, I'll buy it. Like I don't even care. I just appreciate the fact that people create this amazing scroll stopping packaging. And so for me, it's worth extra money. But anyway, I bought the ice cream and I came home, I opened it up and you know, the inside of the what's it called? Like the wrapper, you know, the wrapper that goes on top of an, a pint of an ice cream. I don't know what it's yeah. called, like the cover. Yeah. Um, the wrapper says one, I remember, I forget if it says exactly, but it says something like one ice cream to rule them all. And then it has their logo. And I just thought, and the, and the paper itself is a really nice material. It's not, it doesn't look cheap or flimsy. So I just opened this ice cream up and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I was blown. <laughs> I was like salivating over the packaging, not even actually the ice cream, just the packaging. And that's the thing. Like when you can create a packaging that actually creates a some sort of a weird experience for someone, whether it's like a physical experience or an emotional one. But if you start to get, if your packaging makes someone feel something, then you've done a great job. So I just had to share my example because I think it's similar maybe to yours, a different uh, niche, but still, <laughs> I, I like it. I appreciate those stories. Um And then I definitely want to ask you about, you know, some of your services and how you directly help people. I'm kind of curious too, when it comes to packaging, because I know for my subscription box business and also questions that students will ask me all the time, like, how do I design packaging? How do I design my subscription box? What companies do I print from? Um, I always like to give people DIY options and options for low budget But I kind of want to know from your experience and your feedback, if someone wants to create, you know, either a a poly mailer packaging or a a box for their subscription box or e-commerce products, what are like, what are the first steps? Like what if, you know, whether they want to work with someone or do it themselves, what do you recommend? And that might be a really wide angle question. (laughs) (laughs) It is. So poly mailers, like box for subscription box. How do you get started? Um, I guess we can talk about, do you want to start with like a DIY solution if they're going to do it themselves and then move on to designer? Yeah. So let's say, okay, I can, we can go through two scenarios because I think one is a new business owner. They really have no, they have no idea what they're doing. They don't really know a lot. And so they're sort of trying to do the basics. And I think the second option is, is someone who 
has, who knows their ideal customer, they've had orders, they've maybe had their business for a year. And so they really understand who they're targeting. They probably have a good idea of their brand, their brand messaging, the personality. So maybe for each of those people, what are maybe some first steps that they can do? For a new business, when you're thinking about packaging, um, I think, I mean, this is probably true for both, but I think it's, um, uh, there's a lot of pre-planning. I think you need to really get sit down and think from a planning standpoint. Um, thinking about you have one product, you have multiple products. Um, how big is your line going to be? Because um, if you're thinking about, let's say you're trying to source a poly nailer, well, you need to know what size it is. So if you're like, okay, um, I only sell one product and they can only order multiples of five. How big is my or how many sizes of poly nailers do I need to get the best? you know, discount on shipping, I guess, like with weight and everything else um, and size. And then same thing with boxes. Like you need to know how many am I selling? Do I have a, you know, a pack of four or only a pack of one? What does that look like? How is it different? And just really knowing everything that needs to go into your packaging. So is it just the poly mailer? Is it wrapped in tissue? Is tissue an eco-friendly option? If you find eco-tissue, you can be. Can I do something else to make it eco-friendly if that's one of my brand values is not having a bunch of extra packaging that you don't need? Um, also think about um, surprises. How can I surprise them? Even if you're new to business, like what can I do that would be surprising to somebody? I know we always hear the story of Etsy and subscription boxes. They read a handwritten note. Okay, cool. Is there anything I can do to, to take that to the next level? Is there something I can do on my postcard that will um, encourage more sales? That's kind of like thinking that each item that you're doing or creating, whether it's just you're like, oh, it's just a poly mailer, just like slap a label on it. Well, no, there's always those opportunities to, even if you're new in your business, to build your brand or build an experience that they'll remember. So what can I do that might be surprising to them? And also, how is it going to protect it? How is it going to go through the mail? Um, and again, how many pieces do you have? It's kind of all that planning part. And mm -hmm. then thinking about how it's going to look. Um, so, you know, everyone goes to Pinterest, go to Pinterest and figure out something that really attracts you. And then think about like, is this attractive to me because I personally like it? Or is this attractive to me or I'm drawn to it because I think my audience is going to be drawn to it. So even though you may be still figuring out your perfect audience and maybe you're not 100% sure, um, you get as close as you can with the knowledge that you have. And then you can also ask for feedback on your packaging when you're new. You can ask them, like, what did you think? Or um, people might even post on Instagram for you and tell you what they thought about it. But to kind of help um, you make better decisions in the future for your packaging or to make pivots or tweaks. Um, subscription boxes. I mean, for DIY, you don't, there are ways to do boxes, especially um, without going to a printer and spending hundreds of dollars on, you know, having to have a $2,000 minimum order and all these other things. Um, a lot of people use labels. Why not? Labels are great. Uh, they're cost effective. You can do them from home. And to be honest, I mean, you can package your products, whether you're packaging, I don't know, cocoa bombs. Those are like an amazing thing this year. I don't know anything about making them, but I can just say like, if you have a cocoa bomb and you put a label on it and that label is really well designed, you could it could look like it belongs in Sex Fifth Avenue. So it's really about mm -hmm. the actual thing itself. It's about how you use it to the best of its ability with design and understanding your target audience to make it look amazing. I mean, I worked on a product, for example, I worked on a product brand, brand in e-commerce and it was a personalized good and everything was personalized, which is absolutely my worst nightmare. But... <laughs> 
I saw opportunity because I was like, man, if I can make these personalized goods look like they should be a pottery barn, Mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm making an impact. So, and that's exactly what I did. I'm like, you guys need better photography. And we're not talking about photography now, but it's the same thing with packaging. It's like, mm-hmm. how can I make this look? Because there is this, and I want to talk about kind of some mental blocks and I'm going on a tangent, but there are some mental blocks when it comes to packaging and even working with big budget clients that I have that they are like, well, I can't make it look too expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, wouldn't you be really excited to get a $20 pair of shoes that looks like it's a thousand dollar pair of shoes or a $20 product that looks like it should be a hundred dollar product, like between the photography and what you're getting, like you can never look (laughs) too expensive. You know what I mean? Especially your prices right and everything else. Like that's exactly where you want to be. Yeah. So um, same thing with packaging. I think that there are a lot of DIY solutions. And when you have a DIY solution, if you are putting a label on your box and you know what the size of your box is, and you know it'll accommodate everything that you want to sell in that box, and you've decided what the opening experience is going to be, what your surprises are going to be, um, then think about how you can maximize efficiency. So if you're like, okay, if I make my label two by five, and I'm wrapping it on all three sides of the box, where it's kind of like a, a closing mechanism, as well as an opportunity for me to talk about what they're about to see, how many can I gang up on a sheet? Because you're going to be cutting these out yourself, right? So how can you gang them up? And you need to make sure you account for bleed. That's something designers know. Not a lot of people at home know, but you have to account for at least an eighth of an inch bleed. Okay, cool. You got your template. You got your bleed. Now you're like, now I'm, I'm in the zone. I know that I can get, now you can actually plan for your packaging and know how much cost is involved because you're like, I can gang four up on an half by 11 for my labels. I'm good to go. And you can have them pre-done, pre-cut. And you can have a little manufacturing plant in your basement. No one needs to know. And when your design is great and your product's great, no one will know and no one needs to know. All they see is the experience that they get. So it doesn't matter if you're running prison out your basement or the fancy office downtown. No one's going to know because you've taken the time to plan it, to get great an experience. And that's really all the customer cares about. They didn't need to know what's going on behind the scenes. You can show them on Instagram, but they don't really need to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I do think a lot of like, and myself included, like when I launched my first subscription box business in 2016, the packaging was such foreign territory to me. And now, you know, six, almost six years later, packaging and, and, you know, the postcard inserts that go into an e-commerce or subscription packaging, those are some of my favorite things to teach people about and help people actually in their business. But I know when I first started, I had no, no uh, idea what, you know, what I was doing. And I remember spending so much time researching different packaging options and, you know, box manufacturing companies. And it was just, it was a hot mess, I'll admit. But my first, the first package that I did was from, uh, what was it? I think Plant Pack. Packed lane? No, not pack lane. I don't know. Packable, I think it was called. One of the box p- printing companies where you can, you know, you can re- literally do a super mock-up design and you can order really small quantities. So my first design was through them and it was a cardboard box on the inside. The outside was a, my brand color was like a lavendery purple without being like a nice lavender, not the ostentatious lavender, if that makes sense. Um and I had a really cool logo I got made from someone off Fiverr for $20. And while I would never recommend anyone to use Fiverr, I did luck out with my logo because I think it was pretty dope. And, you know, it came out really, really good. I think for a newbie with, you know, a $20 logo, <laughs> it came out really good. Um, however, 
once I grew my business, learned about my ideal customer, learned what would get them to buy, learned what would get them to stop their scroll on social media and stop and want to get my you know, product and really understanding my ideal customer and knowing what would get them to want to post pictures on social media. I had a, I had someone design for me and I spent, I spent months. I want to say three months. I spent researching. I had Pinterest boards. I had everything known to man on researching the greatest, like my goal was to create the most beautiful subscription box design ever. And of course I, that didn't like, there's no such thing as the best design ever, but I will say the final product was pretty outstanding. And it's still to this day, one of the things that I'm the most proud of that I ever did for any of my businesses, because I really spent time not just thinking, okay, what would I like? I researched, you know, I just did so much research and planning that I knew what I was creating would create the most epic customer experience and it would help me make more money in the end. And it really did. So I, and again, I took that design and I went to a box manufacturing company. So I had to invest, you know, two grand in print plates and die boards. And I had to be sure of my design because once you invest in print plates and die boards, you can't change your design. You can change the color of how it's printed, but you cannot change the size of the packaging. You can't change any of the text on it. So it is definitely an investment, you know, once you go down that route. But I will say um, customer experience, I mean, there's there's no question how much it had improved the customer experience. And, you know, the second I upgraded my boxes, I got so many more people posting photos on social media, which then put me in front of their audiences, which essentially is free advertising. And just kind of helped my business explode. So, and I do attribute a lot of it to the packaging. So I really am a huge advocate of when the time is right, when you can invest a little money and you know your ideal customer inside and out, and you know what will get them to buy, then that's the right time to like upgrade and get packaging designed. And now I'm going on a major tangent. <laughs> um, okay. I, I wanted to touch on your, um, when you're in business and now you're ready to print at a printer, um, mm-hmm. you have some awesome points, a hundred percent. I think that the one thing about hiring a designer is that they can take care of a lot of that back and forth for you. Um, someone who specializes in packaging can work with the printer directly to make sure that it's, printed exactly how it was designed and they know kind of the idiosyncrasies of what to watch out for um, things on press things like that and it is I mean it is an investment so you want somebody to do it right the first time you don't want to pay for changes on press like you said plates very expensive you got to make sure it's 100% proofread it whatever before it goes to the printer and the thing that I um, wanted to bring up is that if you have a package that people don't want to throw away that is pretty much like you've hit the jackpot. Like you cannot go wrong. For example, FabFitFun box. I used to subscribe. I finally let it go. <laughs> but those boxes, I seriously still have. They're illustrative. They know their demographic. It's beautiful. And I actually have turned them inside out because they're also um, has illustration on the inside because I didn't want the logo on the outside. And I'm using it as my... Um, Embarrassing. I'm using it as my recycle box right now because I obviously am a print right. designer, so I use a lot of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's my recycle box because it's so beautiful that I don't want to throw it away. Same thing with like La Duvie. Oh. Um, if you go you travel, like I've purchased things like you know, truffles, whatever, and I bring the box home. So if you have a box that people find a new purpose for because it's so beautiful, or even if you're um, you know, doing 
organizing your desk drawer and that box is just really rigid and it's beautiful and you want to use it to hold your pens that is like the gold mine that is the magic of packaging and people and it's memorable and I think that talk about the postcard like opportunities even if you're a new business or an you know established business that postcard what's on the front the part that they see on the other side if you have a message or you're giving them you know tips and tricks on how to use your product that's an opportunity for you to give them ideas about other products that you have instead of just using a beautiful image or showing them the product that they already have. That could be a little mini catalog. This is like my secret tip. Like it could be a mini catalog for a new product launch. It could be a mini catalog for products that you can use with the current product that's in the box. I think that that postcard, and there's so many companies that will do um, variable printing, like Mu does variable printing online and local printers can do variable printing and you can have it change. So if you want to get super fancy, you can actually, if you know what's going to who and how long they've been a customer and what they've purchased, which if you have analytics, you're going to know that you can actually be like, okay, you know, group A, they get the, what goes really well with these products because I want them to come back and buy, let's say it's makeup. I want them to buy the eyeshadow to go with the mascara, or there's a new whatever. And then maybe the next group B is like, oh, there's a new product. There's an eyeshadow primer that works with the eyeshadows. That's new. Maybe they get the already customers. Maybe they get the eyeshadow primer version of the postcard, but there's a lot of things that you can do that aren't going to cost you tons of, you know, buckets of money um, using variable printing to kind of help those surprises and then get them excited and get them interested because of course you want to repeat purchase. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like you also had so many good points on the packaging that you don't want to throw away. I literally just was writing that down on my notepad because I I just envisioned that to be a little quote graphic I want to make (laughs) when I'm promoting this episode because it's gold. And I'm the same way. I created my subscription box for people to not throw it away. And I'm the same with packaging. I think when we appreciate packaging, then you really do appreciate a good packaging that you can use for other things. So I just love that you said that. And, um, yeah, I feel like you just had so many good points. So I love it. And I also want to ask you too, because I think there's a, there's going to be a lot of people that will need this type of service. And again, I have a subscription box course. Um, I'm about to launch my second course for people that already have a subscription or e-commerce business, but they want to grow. So they, you know, they might have some of the foundational pieces in place, but they still need help growing. And for me, packaging, pro, you know, package design and things like that are very important. Can you just walk me through when someone should come to you for a package design? Is there sort of some prerequisites or, you know, they, they're, what stage should they, should they be in their business to come to you? Great question. Uh, They need to really understand who their target audience is and really have, really know what they're offering and who they're offering it to. Um, If you're not, if you're still kind of unsteady, if you think your product is for everyone, it's probably not the time to invest in some design because there are going to be a lot of learnings along the way. You're going to get such a an amazing brand experience and along with packaging and all your visuals, your visual strategy that you're going to roll out and everything that you do in marketing if you truly know who you're selling to and what you're selling and the benefits. I mean, really understanding your benefits versus like features. Like the ingredients are important, the materials are important, but why? What's the sensory, you know, match? What's the sensory parallel to what, what their benefits are? And I think those would be really, it's basically really understanding who you are, where you want your business to go, who your audience is and what you're offering them. Then working with designer is a breeze because they can take everything that you've said and everything that you want to do with your business. And even with room to grow, forecasting things that you want to do down the line and um, 
bring that into a brand experience and packaging and so it can grow with you versus designing you into kind of a hole where you're like, oh, I can only go so far and now I really need to think about it in a different way. So, mm-hmm. okay. So do you feel like people probably, they someone who probably has already had their business maybe like a few months or maybe six months or so, do you feel like in your experience, there's some sort of a time frame that equates to someone really, really understanding their customers? I just say I've had startups that are at the very beginning and they're just doing prototypes of their product and they've um, they've really had a great understanding of who they are and where they want to go. And there's others that I've referred to that are startups referred to someone like you who can help them with their business foundations, because it's not just about being excited about your product. If you don't have your foundations and your kind of understanding of what it takes and what um, who you are and who you're selling to, I think it's um, I send them, I send them out. It's like, not that I don't want the money, but it's yeah. like, it's just the end product isn't going to be as successful. And I'm really interested in results for my clients. I want to make sure that when they do, whether it's, um, if they're revising their packaging or it's the first time they're doing packaging, whether it's DIY at home, if they're doing another inkjet, I want to make sure that's going to return on investment for them. I want to make sure that it gives the experience that their clients or their audience really wants to see and they're excited to get. So, um, I'm results driven and I want the success to um, happen for them. So if I don't think it's a good fit at this point, I will kind of send them to some resources to find people that can help them get that foundation. I love that. And it's helpful too, because again, I remember when I was starting my business, I actually was reaching out to all these different people because I had no idea what the heck I was doing. So I reached out to a box manufacturer and they basically said to me, I don't recommend you do this yet. Like you haven't even launched your business do something that is flexible. You can learn about, you know, your customer and your targeting, and then you can get something permanent. And, you know, in hindsight, I think that it was pretty amazing that that person said, said that information to me because a lot of people will just take your money because they, you know, they want business. But I love when people can be honest and upfront when it's not a good fit and just be honest. So I like that, number one, you said that you were like that. But I also remember my own story because he, you know, it taught me a little bit of a lesson early on. And, you know, as I actually did launch my business, and then when I did my packaging, I never in a million years would have been able to come up with my packaging design. um, When I actually got a professional package, uh, um, sorry, when I got a professional um, design done, um, I would have never been able to come up with that when I first launched, because you don't know what you don't need at that point. And, you know, my first design, it was the cardboard material on the inside. And it just looks ugly in photos, right? So a year in when I could afford it, I invested in my business and I got the packaging designed. My a big thing for me was having the design on the inside. So you open up the box and it was like the purple, purple uh, design with white. And then it had the it had um, a hashtag on the inside, it had a little fun catchphrase. And it just it looked so superior and so stunning. But I never would have been able to come up with that before I launched my business, you know, even like six months in, I I still don't think I would have been able to come up with something so good. But because I waited until I really understood my customer and knew what would get them excited and happy, um, and provide an awesome customer experience, that is, you know, for me, that was the right time. And that was like a year in, I think it was actually a little bit more than a year. So it does, it definitely takes time for some people. So, um, and then I have, I want to ask you a question on, I have to ask this, but I also need to talk about your designs that you've done. I was looking at your website and you have, oh my gosh, I'm just gushing over some of your designs, but I have to ask you first, 
because this is something that I think is important for especially my audience. How does packaging affect your pricing? So when someone's coming up with pricing for their products, and let's say a more high end product, how do you feel that packaging actually affects that? So whether it's packaging a box, a poly mailer, a label, really whatever it is for packaging, I'd love to get your thoughts. So how it affects how I price my service or how it affects how they should price their product? How the brand prices their products. How the brand prices their products. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of mentioned this before. Not all high-end looking packaging is actually super expensive to produce. So if you're looking at boxes, maybe maybe we'll come back to the question and make sure I totally understand it. But I think when you're looking at what you are putting your item in, I think that it doesn't have to be one expensive. And two, if you know what you're going to do, then you can price it better. So for example, if you're starting out, you know, you're going to buy a box off of Uline because everybody uses Uline or something like that for a basic black box that has a white interior. And then you're going to have a custom made stamp and you're going to stamp your logo and your URL on the top of the box. And you're going to do a postcard on like an online printer. So once you know, when you work with the designer, once you know that, okay, this is the route that we're going, this is what we've decided on, then you can go ahead and price everything out and then add that to the cost. I mean, I'm not a cost specialist, but add that to the cost of your product to find out where your sweet spot is between what people expect to pay, what you know they should pay. I'm not a cost expert, but... And when I'm looking at designing packaging, I ask them like, where, where are you at in your budget? I don't want to design something for you that has a minimum of $2,000 to produce and you need somebody to actually fill the box for you and ship it out for you. Because, you know, you have to know where that person is in their business. Are they doing it at home on their dining room table or are they actually ready to have a fulfillment center and they're, you know, they're looking at volume. And they have the ability to do that because, for example, Perfect Bar, they've got done several packaging renditions that I've worked on that had to do with um, saving costs as far as um, does someone have to physically glue it or is like an auto, like once you fold it up, it's already the pieces are already glued that need to be glued. And then you can just put your bars in there. So I think that there's a lot of um, kind of like tech to decide depending on where you are in your business. But um, pricing the package, I love to know where their budget is because, again, I don't want to design outside of their means. It doesn't mean it won't be beautiful. It doesn't mean it won't be effective. It just means that's where you are in your business right now. And when you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to deal with it. I want somebody to print the box and someone can fill it for me. I get a sample. I Q&A it or make sure, not question answer, but you know what I mean? I do quality assurance on it and make sure that it's good to go. And then I give the green light and then they just get mailed out. Um, It really depends on where you are. But again, I don't think it has to be a full amazing print run in order for a product to be successful. Um, but yeah, I definitely like to know where they are in their budget before. Um, did I, am I answering the question correctly? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, sort, sort of, I think this is a good question either way. So I guess what I, but thank you for answering. So <laughs> what I'm curious about is, cause I really, again, my business was a high-end business. And so I felt When I was creating my business, I wanted awesome packaging because I felt that I could price my product at a premium price. And I think packaging makes a huge difference. You know, if you're trying to stand out, if you have a high end brand, packaging is what's, I mean, at least for me, I believe packaging is what can kind of seal the deal. If you're trying to price your product a little bit more expensive than other people, having that beautiful packaging, having those beautiful inserts um, just makes a huge difference. So I kind of wanted your feedback on that in terms of 
you know, designing. And if you feel like that's actually true. Oh, well, yeah, I went on a totally different tangent. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, The way your package looks definitely can demand a higher price in every way, shape and form. Absolutely. Like on the flip side of the company I worked with where they had personalized goods and we did photo shoots and did design and made them look amazing. And they were only $20 instead of being a hundred dollars at Poppy Barn. On the flip side, people, when they're paying, they're going to expect a certain experience. And if you don't deliver on that experience, then you, your impression isn't going to be there. So if you're touting, I have this luxury product of this luxury product, it's amazing. The experience is amazing. And then you show up with, when they get their product, it's in some packaging that doesn't meet their expectations and they're going to have them, then yeah, you really miss an opportunity to um, continue with what you're trying to promote, which is a luxury brand or a luxury product. Um, one, I have an example of this. So it was very interesting. So of course I'm a consumer like everybody else, but I'm also looking at packaging from a different perspective. So I finally bought a pair of Rothy's. What was it? Rothy's shoes. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're made out of water bottles and they're beautiful and you can wash them. Yeah. Cause I have super stinky feet. I know TMI, but I really want a pair of flats cause they're hard to find. They're hard to be comfortable. They're not comfortable all the time. And so I've been waiting and waiting to get a pair of Rothy. So I finally got some for Christmas and I got them in the mail and I was curious because they're all about, um, you know, eco-friendly products and we had a recycled water bottles. You can recycle your shoes when you're done like craziness. So I was curious what they were going to do for packaging because it is, it's a $145 pair of flats. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like, come on people. So I bought them. I got the box finally. Of course, shipping was an issue because everybody has shipping issues right now. And um, the box was um, kind of like a grayish tan. And I thought for sure the box would be recyclable, but I don't think that it was. And I was really surprised because they tout, you know, having things recyclable. I think it had a blue um, foil and foil printing is not always recycled. Like once you have put metals into paper, it's not always recycled, but they did mention the reason why it kind of tipped me off is because they said, please use this box for something else. Now the blue foil printing on it was beautiful. The thing that really impressed me was the pull tab. There was actually a pull tab to get it open and behind the, to make it a proper pull tab versus the ones that are just um, kind of like semi die cut or um, that pull off, like, you know, in an Amazon box or something, mm-hmm. we pull it, this had a blue grow grain ribbon behind it. So instead of having the experience where you go to pull the tab and it like breaks halfway and then it breaks some third of the way and it breaks three quarters of the way. And you're like, I'm never going to get to my shoes. Yeah. It actually like pulled beautifully. And that seems so minor, but I was like, yeah, they knew, they knew it was going to be a better experience if they had that little ribbon behind there. Plus it was our brand color, another opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you pull it open, but they did have two wafer seals on it. And that's why I was like, man, I don't know why you have these wafer seals closing the box, but getting it open was a little bit more challenging because of those wafer seals. So I was kind of like thumbs down on that. But when I opened it up, I wasn't sure what they were going to stuff it with because you think of shoes, are they going to stuff it with tissue? Are they going to stuff the box with something? And they actually had a piece of paper that had a half circle die cut and the two pieces went together. So if you imagine like a half circle on one side and then the opposite side and it covered it, it wasn't tissue, which I was like, okay, good job. (laughs) Again, it was like, you're supposed to be the sustainable, recyclable company. And then inside you had the typical, um, it had a branded, what's the stick? It's like the stick that holds the shape of the shoe. Anyway, was the experience high end? That ribbon like got me. I was like, that ribbon was amazing. Uh, and it was just to open the box. But inside there was the shoes and there was the type on the inside of the box. It was very understated, which their brand is very understated. So I expected, was it a high end experience? 
I'm not sure. I'm kind of out on it. I think the shoes are amazing and I'm so stoked to actually leave the house and wear them. I got the leopard print, but um, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. I am on the fence about it because I was like, hmm, well, on the box is not recyclable, but it did have an amazing foil print. So I'm kind of on the fence. So it's kind of an example of like what a high end experience is. Now on the flip side, um, Pros is a shampoo. It's like a subscription service for shampoo and conditioner and everything hair. Their experience is amazing, like straight up amazing. And they did it cost effectively. They put the special touches where it needs it to be feel high end, but they also have the things that make it cost effective. And I'll tell you why. And I know this is a tangent, but it does relate to how it makes an impact. They have a, they have an insert. You have your bottles, the pumps underneath, but they've printed all the pros labels with their logo on it. And they have a beautiful color palette. And then before they make, cause they custom make the product. That's not like already sitting in a shelf. They actually make it for you on the spot based on your hair goals. Yeah. Hair goals. Anyway, and then they, it's almost like a dot matrix printer. It's not a dot matrix, but then they run these labels that they've pre-printed, which saves you money, pre-printed through some kind of inkjet printer or some kind of laser printer to put, it says my name, Lindsay, and it says what my um, ingredients are and what it's supposed to help my hair with. And so that's cost-effective because you're not custom printing labels every time. You're just doing the main label and then you're adding stuff. And then there was an insert that was had an embossment on it. And it was all these little cards slide out of it. And it talks about my hair goals, a fragrance that I picked, which is just essential oils, nothing nasty. And that experience was amazing because they're talking about personal personalization. They're like, this is just made for you. It has your name on it. It's kind of like when you personalize an email, but on another level, they wow. spent money on the initial labels for each. Um, and I, they're probably the same size for the labels to save money, right? Like you're not going to have a super big label for one and a small one. There's dry shampoo, shampoo, conditioner, some hair oils, some other things. So they kind of Again, it's that planning. They figured out like what size labels do we need for what size bottles? Let's gang them up. You can get better printing that way. Let's make the experience very personalized. Put their name on it, what they chose, their hair goals. Let's give them a little sheet to remind them. Here are your hair goals. And then they remind you how your hair goals are. They're different. Did the product work for you? Do you want to change it for next month? Do you want to add more moisture? Do you want to take moisture out? Um, do you want to change the fragrance? Like it was Wow. The best experience I've had um, when it comes to hair care, because normally you go to a salon and you buy something, it's like 30 bucks for conditioner, 30 bucks for, you know, shampoo. And you're like, eh, and you use it. And you're like, eh, yeah. like you, I'm never loyal to shampoo and conditioner. Let's be real. Like I'm, I have bottles and bottles for days of tons of different places promising me lots of different hair things. Yeah. But this brand, I was like, this is it. I don't have to go to the store. I can change it for whatever my needs are. I don't, I'm not stuck with the same bottle month after month. Um, I can change the fragrance based on my mood. Um, I just think they felt like they cared and they're really interested in getting you your amazing hair. And I was like, this is what I'm talking about. And it was cost effective too, in a way that they printed things on the fly yeah, and then packaged it up. It was like created in Paris, um, delivered from New York or something like there were all these little things that made, you know, people always think of Europe as being, you know, a luxury product if it's made in Europe, like, you know, especially with skincare, hair can. It must be amazing, you know? So there's lots of different little subtle cues that said luxury and just the experience blew my mind. It was amazing. Well, as you're talking, of course, I'm on my phone Googling both brands that you just mentioned because, you know, when someone talks about a packaging that they liked, I have to immediately look because I'm curious. But yeah, the pro stuff is really cool. It's it's like they're packaging on the, they're, okay, their label, I should say. It's quite simple, but very just elegant and classy and pretty all at the same time, but still pretty simple. But yeah, I love it. 
It is very simple, but the, when you see like the pre-shampoo mask, it's for whomever used wherever to like, it's like, what is it used for? What is it? Uh, it's so simple, but it's so effective. And the thing is, it doesn't need to be super, you know, crazy and outrageous for it to be effective. And yeah. I actually was targeted with them on Instagram ads and I kept following them. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm told to get sucked in by ads all the time, even though I create ads for other product businesses, I totally get sucked into them. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I try it once and I don't like it, you know, no big deal. But this subscription box is one that I'm going to be holding on to because it just made such an amazing impression. It's very approachable. It's like luxury, but it's approachable. But then they make you feel very connected to them because like they really care about yeah. what's going on. So oh, I love it. I'm going to follow them today and I'm going to check out their amazing. shampoo. I'm not loyal to shampoo either. I last time, <laughs> last stuff I bought was Design Me. It's, I want to say it's an Australian brand. My best friend is a hairstylist. She's amazing. And she just loves them. So I tried their products and they are really, really good. And they actually have amazing uh, labels on their bottle. So again, if you have a great design in your bottle, I probably will buy it because I'm a sucker. But it's just funny when we can choose a brand that we like and then based on packaging and just customer experience and personalization, it just makes such a big difference. So I just, I think that's an awesome story. I love it. So that was the long winded version of of, yes packaging you can charge more not only from a cost perspective of what it takes you to actually build it but also the expectation that you need to deliver on an amazing luxury experience so you need you need to do it and your products better match I think that's my other thing like as a designer if you come to me with a substandard product and you're telling me all the benefits and how amazing it is and the first time I use it my skin's burning up or whatever it is like we have a problem. You need to make sure you're delivering on what you're promising, which 99% of people are, but yeah. you definitely want to deliver. Yeah, I agree. And then I just have to mention your, some of your designs you have on your website. They are so awesome. I'm, of course I had to click on the jelly, the hot pepper jelly. Oh yeah. So Mrs. G. I love it. Like I love the colors. And of course I'm looking at the, the box design with the black on the inside and the logo. Like it, it just has such a beautiful high-end feel, but just also kind of fun at the same time with like the pepper on the packaging. So I'm going to tag her website in the show notes here, but you guys have to go to her website and look at her, um, some of her work that she's done. It's just, ugh, it's just beautiful. And of course I just, I literally just, it, when I look at a great packaging design, it literally makes me happy on the inside. That sounds so dorky, but. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, there's definitely some new stuff coming out too. Um, you know, what's funny is a lot of designers have like a, a look and I would say I'm a chameleon. I'm not somebody who's like, oh, I only do fancy skincare and super modern designs. If you look at my work, there's, it's a variety. Like there's food, there's beard grooming products, there's luxury surfboard. And what is a luxury surfboard? A luxury surfboard, something's like a thousand dollars. So it's kind of one of those weird things where once again, it's like, if you know your audience, and if you know what you're selling and why you're amazing, it's easy for someone like me to go in there and be like, okay, let's create, you know, graphics, logos, boxes, packaging, website, social media graphics, whatever, that will really grab your audience and build a visual system. And the great thing about working with designers is they're going to help you build a visual system. So you have your packaging and those elements on your packaging are part of your brand. How does that roll out to everything else? from a marketing standpoint. So building a visual system. So you don't have to think about starting from scratch every time you're trying to market your product. That's what 
great design, you know, great brand strategy, great packaging that helps you do that. So you're not starting from scratch every time and feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I can imagine it's, um, you know, inter- not interesting, but I guess challenging to just work with so many different types of people because I see you have a coffee label coming out. You know, you've done just a variety of things. So I think it's fun that you can kind of just adapt to people's styles and still come up with amazing packaging. So I love that. And can I just ask you one more question? Okay. So a lot of people right now, this doesn't have anything to do with packaging exactly, but a lot of people are getting very interested in print on demand. I know it's a very trendy thing. I'm actually interested in that. So I'm partially asking for myself here. Um, but a lot of my, you know, I feel like I've started to do more on digital products on Etsy. And I know a lot of people are doing print on demand, you know, t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, et cetera. So it's something that I'm going to be talking more with my um, students about as an opportunity to make passive income. Can you just talk to me a little bit about, and if you don't have experience in this, that's also fine. I'm just curious, do you do anything in terms of like print on demand, do people ha- do people work with you to do print on demand designs for you know t-shirts or apparel or I guess anything really? So are they so they want to like sell some like let's say they want to do t-shirts and they ask me to design a t-shirt that they're going to have like on Zazzle or yeah. some kind of place where they're going to no no one's come to me to do that but I will say if you are choosing I do have experience using print on demand um, not designing per se for print on demand. Um, oh, okay. I will say that you want to make sure that you get a bunch of samples first because not all print-on-demand companies are the same as far as quality. And I would really stay away from doing um, brush jobs. Um, I know like if you were like, oh, I want to do this wedding and a lot of people do wedding invitations and stuff like that. But I think that um, you want, try not to do the rush. I've worked with Moo and I love Moo and we've done tons of like printing and postcards and business cards but when you rush those like you just can't be 100% sure quality and then by the time you get them and you see them and some of them are smudged because they're rushing and then the ink doesn't have time to dry I would say buffer in plenty of time for back and forth as well as um, you know try not to do the rush jobs because quality will suffer and you don't want that especially yeah you just don't want it (laughs) you don't want quality issues yeah no that makes total sense Awesome. Well, this was amazing, Lindsay. I'm so happy that you were able to share so much information. I feel like I learned so much. So I know my audience will be really happy with this. So just to kind of um, kick things off or not kick things off uh, the opposite. How can people find you where, you know, if someone's interested in your services, could you talk a little bit about your services if you have any specials and then where people can find you? Sure. So my service offerings right now are broken up into a couple different um avenues. I have um, essential branded packaging, and that starts with um, somebody who already knows who they are and what they're doing. Um, And that goes through your brand, brand strategy, and packaging design. So that is somebody for somebody who maybe has been doing it DIY and ready to take it up a notch. I have a startup package that I just started because I am working with a lot of startups recently. And that kind of strips some of the things that you may not need and makes the package a bit more affordable and you'll have a lot of the same um, deliverables as far as you definitely get packaging design. We'll talk about the best, most efficient way to get that done for you. And then I just worked on a beta client 
for um, brand evolution. And that's for somebody who's already maybe had a logo developed, maybe you had on Fiverr, maybe you didn't. But um, you just realize that your business is pivoting a little bit and you need your brand to evolve. So from there, we go back to competitive analysis. All of them come with a competitive analysis because again, standing out is super important to me. Um, we go through competitive analysis and then we figure out minor tweaks we can do to your brand, including your logo and color palettes, as well as your packaging in order to um, stand out and then of course convert more buyers. So that is the brand evolution. And then there's also VIP design day. So if you're already an established business and you just have those design projects that you want to get off your task list, you can hire me for a VIP design day and we can knock out things that you may be needing to get more customers, convert, acquire. That would be setting up possibly a branded email campaign, um, working on a catalog together, doing around the social media graphics, kind of those small projects that you know can lead to conversions that you've been wanting to do and you may not want to do yourself or you're just really excited to get them done. So that's a last service that I have. So I have about four services. Um, a lot of them, again, based on packaging and branding. So okay. with the exception of VIP Design Day, which is the application. So think of design day as an application of taking your brand packaging or whatever, or maybe you're expanding your packaging and you already have a package design and you need to expand it to um, different flavors or iterations, then that would be a good service for design day versus working on the foundation of your brand visuals and rolling that into packaging, which the startup, the essentials and the evolution really focus on those. Okay. And then just to clarify, so if someone because a lot of my students and some clients, they are subscription box businesses and mm -hmm. they, they're they probably relatively new, but maybe they want to get their box designed and then printed at a company. Do you offer just the design part or do they have to do design and the branding? Um, if they, if, I mean, it's a case by case basis. I think if their brand is strong, I mean, yeah, that's relative, right? But I mean, if I think if they have a brand that's already created and they're like, and I look at it, I'm like, okay, someone really, it's very thoughtful and it's already thought the way through fully baked, then mm -hmm. absolutely um, I can work on a custom proposal for them just to get um, their box done. Um, but again, it's kind of case by case. If they come in there, you know, they kind of have some logo and like made out of Word or made in Canva, then that probably won't work for me. Because um, you need to have, you know, I need to have something to hold on to, right? If I'm building your package, I can't hold on to just, you know, one Canva logo and a tagline. Like I need to kind of understand you know, where you're going, where, where you want to go, and a little bit more about your visual kind of uh, presence before I can roll it out into a package. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Yeah, it's always good for me to know who I can kind of refer people to. And then where can people find you? Website, social media, where do you hang out the most? Yeah, so my website's lookdesign.com. It's L-O-O-Q instead of K, design.com. Instagram is also at lookdesign. I'm on Pinterest at Look Design. So it's all the same across all the platforms. I hang out the most um, on Instagram right now. I'm trying to really uh, embrace that platform and learn how to use it and how to find more people that um, are into products like me, like you. Mm -hmm. Find more people like you. Exactly. No, I think a lot of people need your help. So I'm excited to start referring people <laughs> to you. Um, all right, Lindsay, this was amazing. Thank you so much. We just, or not we, I appreciate you being on here and just giving so much great value. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at 
Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.